0: How many tackles can one man break you're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable humans need fantasy to be human Woo! my goodness that was good you guys are pros the bats relentless refusing to give up all right hit that horn babe let's dance
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. This is your NFC East edition. We'll also talk the impact of Baker Mayfield getting traded to the Panthers. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined by my dude, one of the top fantasy rankers in the game, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's
2: up, man? How are you feeling today?
1: I am hungover and I'm a motherfucker. <laughs>
2: wow. <laughs> really? <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, like five too many uh, old fashions. That's- I don't even.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is going to yeah. be a struggle, but we, we're going to get through this. Well, we're saving the best for last, right? The, the <laughs> NFC East. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got uh, I'm excited
1: to talk about the Eagles, especially. I think they'll, they'll yeah. be interesting. But um, uh, we'll start with Baker Mayfield. But before we get into that, uh, every week, we're doing a uh, lucky winner of a free year of action pro. Uh, If you leave a review on Apple. And this week's winner is, I I might be saying this, I think it's Money Inc., but it's M N Y I N C. Uh, So, congratulations to you, Money Inc., or whatever, however you're saying it. Uh, Really appreciate the review. Uh, Hit up podcast at actionnetwork.com to claim your free year of Action Pro. And for everyone listening, uh, if you want to be entered to win, just go leave us a five star and uh, we'll choose a winner from that for next week. And we'll keep doing that uh, throughout the season. So uh, stay tuned for that. But Sean, uh, what were your first thoughts on Baker finally uh, being traded? I mean, first of all, just like the compensation, that's kind of crazy. A fifth round pick that kind of shows you like oh. what's the value of of a kind of a mediocre quarterback, I guess you could say.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I think he got kind of lucky. Um, I, I had him ranked around QB 31 because I think there was a chance that he was going to end up somewhere and be a backup um, and, you know, sort of have to prove himself <laughs> as a backup. But the the fact that he goes to the Panthers means he's a heavy favorite to start week one. Um, I mean, it's not the best offense in the world, but he does have, you know, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, uh, I guess, Robbie Anderson. Um, but you know, like I, I bumped him up to QB 27 because he's going to probably start 15 or more games this year. If he stays healthy, um, as far as everybody else, it really has a minimal impact for me. I didn't really update or upgrade anybody. Um, I'm really curious to see what happens with Robbie Anderson, who made it clear that he didn't want to play for Baker Mayfield. But, uh, did, did you make any big moves in your projections because of this?
1: Now I was already pretty high on DJ Moore. Um, yeah. so it, it was it was kind of minimal too. I think, you know, you and I talked about yesterday, um, with the part I can remember anyway, uh, that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it has more of an impact on the the win total, actually. Like I think you
2: said it added. Yeah, run. yeah. So that's good for the yeah. game script. Yeah, yeah. So I I I boosted the Panthers' um power rating about a point and a half. Um, and over the course of the season, that's about one full win. So congratulations, Panthers. Uh, you improved from a, you know, a five and 12 team to a, you know, a six and 11 team. Congratulations. Yeah. And you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not much, but it's, it's better than Sam Darnold. I think that's kind of the and, uh Yeah. I think it's also safe to say uh, Matt Coral might not start a game this year, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's looking like that now. I mean, you say Baker Mayfield's the heavy favorite. I can't imagine, you know, you trade for him and, Like, things would have to go really bad for him not to start every game and, you know, garring injury. So, yeah, yeah, I think Coral now, he's – I mean, maybe he's the backup. Maybe, you know, they do something with Darnold. I don't know exactly what the plan is. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, I I love – I still like Christian McCaffrey. I don't think you can really factor in his injuries any more than other running backs. Um, So, you know, like him, I think it helps him a little bit. You know, Baker Mayfield a little bit more – a little bit more accurate. Same thing for DJ Moore, but – that's really it. It's going to be a pretty concentrated offense, at least with the, you know, the guys we care about. It's going to be McCaffrey. Is going to be more like if Robbie Anderson figures things out. I mean, that's great. But right now, I don't, I don't have him sniffing relevance as of yet. So we'll, we'll kind of have to see how he, uh, how, how his camp is going. And I, I don't think he really didn't want to play for Mayfield as much as he just was kind of trying to stand up for his boy Sam Darnold. Um, so. We'll see how that goes, but he was so bad last year that you can't, you can't really draft <laughs> yeah. him right now anyway. Uh, all right, let's jump to the NFC East. Let's start with the Cowboys. Uh, they are the favorite to win the NFC East, although the Eagles are gaining ground on them. Uh, Dak Prescott is the QB7 in Fantasy Pro's
2: Consensus ADP. Uh, how are you feeling about Dak this year? Um, I mean, what's not to like about Dak? This this will still be one of the top offenses in the league. Um, but, you know, Dak's losing Amari Cooper uh, this season. He might not have Michael Gallup for at least the first few games. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think we're ever going to see Dak's rushing upside that we saw before his 2020 um, season-ending injury. Uh, you know, last year his rushing stats, you know, fell off the cliff. He's not really running in for scores either. Um, so I think his upside's a little bit limited. They might be a more balanced offense this year. They have Zeke and Pollard, so they might lean on the run a little bit more. Um, so I don't really like him at QB7 just because, you know, you have Jalen Hurts and even Tom Brady right behind him. I think, you know, taking him at QB7 sounds about right, but it's it's just not a part of my draft strategy. There's just so many guys in that range that have top five upside that, uh, I, I think considering, you know, Prescott's ceiling might be lower this year. I'm just not getting many shares of him at QB7, but this... Obviously, it is an offense we want to invest in.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know if you heard the rumor, and it's obviously a, a rumor for now, but I, I'm hearing that the Cowboys could actually be in the market for a, a veteran-wide receiver, which could make things interesting, whether that's yeah. like – I'm hearing Julio Jones is the name. Uh, but if that if they're in the market for a veteran, I think that would kind of maybe quell some of the concerns about missing Gallup for what looks like is going to be at least the start of the season, Um, yeah. you know, recovering from that ACL. Uh, CD Lamb, wide receiver eight in ADP. What do you
2: think about CD this year? I mean, I love CD Lamb. Everything is setting up for just you know, massive year three breakout. Um, he's clearly going to be Dak's number one target with Cooper gone. I don't care if Julio Jones comes on or not, like it won't matter. CD Lamb's uh, you know, breakout is coming. Um, he only ran you know, 83% of routes run last year. We always, you know, get frustrated. Why is he not? running over 90% of routes friend so he should be a full-time player now finally uh, but i mean that's uh, pretty expensive like that's that's where he should be going is you know in the top 8 so there isn't much value there but um i'm looking at you know the markets of him like maybe leading the league in receiving around like 20 to 1 like more unique ways to invest in him but uh you know i have ranked as my wide receiver 6 uh, yeah. so it's it, like the the market's too smart now. I feel like maybe a few years ago he'd be, you know, wide receiver twelve, and I could, uh, you know, tout him. But the market's catching up, and uh, I think everybody knows it's going to be a massive year three coming for him. What do you have his uh, routes run for dropback at? Did you bump it up at all from last year? At Friday, oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I think you know over ninety percent um, a game right now. I have about ninety three percent. I have a ninety average. flat. So yeah, we, I mean, we both it. have them wide receiver
1: six. So that, that kind of shows you, um, you know, I I think he's going to have a great year. And right now, I
2: mean, there's just not a lot of, if I have Gallup
1: missing uh, six
2: games as of now. Oh, wow. So you think he'll start the year off, like on the PUP or IR?
1: I think, I think it's a conservative projection is to kind of project it that way for now. Um, You know, obviously he could always miss games, you know, out on the other, like just in the season anyway. Um yeah. <laughs> If he comes back too soon, but yeah, it, right. conservative projection. So there's just not a, a ton of guys I think to really steal targets, like you said. Cooper's gone, so if they sign maybe a Julio, that would cut into it a little. But yeah, I think you got to draft uh, Ceedee Lamb with confidence uh, this year in the top eight. All right, we got Gallup at wide receiver forty-eight. That feels too high. Like I, yeah. I, I feel like it's just another example of drafters not properly discounting these potential injuries. And it's not like, we don't know exactly. So like, I'm not saying you, everyone has to project him to miss six games or start on a PUP, but wide receiver 48 when he's definitely going to miss some type of time. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's hard to get behind it and just not knowing exactly how he's going to recover. So, I, I mean, I'll, I'll pass at him unless we get an update that it's kind of is optimistic, but uh, what are you thinking with, with Gallup at that spot?
2: Yeah. I mean, he, he tore his ACL in January. So, I mean, he's going to be cutting it close. So Mm -hmm. I think he is going, I agree that he's going way too high, uh, but that is the range where you're not going to be depending on league you're in, you're not going to be starting him the first several games anyway. Um, And then once he does return, I mean, he's going to be, you know, a legit wide receiver three, he has wide receiver two upside, um, you know, once he's fully healthy. So, I mean, I'm okay with taking him in certain spots that late especially if you're in a league that has an ir slot or something like that but yeah best ball you know you're sacrificing you know three or four games potentially and that range there's a ton of guys in that range that we both like and you yeah. always mention that like there's guys in that range that are probably going to play all 17 games that we like so you might as well draft them so i think it depends like on the type of league but he could be sneaky if you can like survive you know the first handful of games without him
1: yeah, I, I. You're always we we talk about this every year. I feel like you're always a little <laughs> more, like you like that strategy of kind of stashing guys. Like I, my my thought process with that is just, it's like I'm I'm knocking down my upside because I like you said you could get 17 games of someone that could give you similar value to Gallup anyway anyway in that range. Like I know I know you like Lazard. Um, there's Christian Kirk goes only a couple of spots yeah, ahead. Yeah. Drake London is a, like, should be a, a number one wide receiver at least in, in terms of the target share. Um, you know, there's, I mean, and then there's a lot of the intriguing rookies like a Lave and Wilson. You could kind of take a, a shot on. So I just see better options. Cause I, and maybe if he was like going to be a bona fide like wide receiver one or, right. or two, but like you said, he could still be a wide receiver three, um, you know, just, you know, just because he's he is coming back from a, a serious injury. And it, like we saw what happened with Cam Akers, right? Like a different injury. But when, when guys come back, like the sooner he comes back, I feel like he's not going to be at 100 percent
2: to where we can expect him to like pick back up right. at like that wide receiver two level. Yeah. And I mean, that, you made a good point about upside, like certainly in best ball. You know, you have more upside with the guy mm-hmm. playing, you know, all 17 games. But for season long head to head formats where, you know, you have playoffs um, like. I like the idea of you know, boosting my upside for my playoff team. so that's why you know, I kind of stash these guys that should be healthy towards the end of the season., uh, but like I said, that specific situation, um, uh, but yeah, like he's like a wide receiver three, so I get it. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins would be a better example. he He's going a little bit too early, but when he does return, you know, he does have wide receiver one sort of upside, so it's it's you know, it's a tough choice. But I just think in certain spots, I think Gallup will pay off eventually, yeah. I'm. I'm playing with the games played. So if I bump him to 13,
1: he's still my wide receiver 63. Right. Um, So yeah. I mean,
2: I mean, what do you have him for games played? Uh, Right now I have it like 14 or something, but yeah, I I think we are going to see him miss, you know, at least a handful of games. So I'm probably too high, but. I also like to look at, you know, um, you know, fancy points per game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's important because like I said, you're not going to be playing in the first couple weeks anyway, like yeah. you shouldn't be drafting him to be your, your wide receiver three. So I think that um, when you look at overall points, it's maybe misleading with a player like him, but um, I, I try to have the, the games played a little bit higher so that it's, he's where I would be drafting him. Yeah. If
1: I bump him to 14, he's up to 52. So that's, that's only four yeah. spots below. And I think, you know, if you're going to take him, I, I I would prefer wide receiver five. You know, he's going like right, right. at the end of wide receiver fours. That I think that wide receiver four spot is important now. Um, these this day and age in a passing league because a lot of times if you start three wide receivers, these like you're going to need that wide receiver four in your flex. Like you'd ideally like to have a running back, but you know, running backs are being used less and less. There's more committees. There's always going to be injuries. So that why I treat that wide receiver four like a starter, which is which is why I'm hesitant to you know, draft guys that are going to miss like a bunch of games, right. whether it's Gallup or Hopkins or whoever that may be uh, any thoughts on. So, you know, we probably are going to see some missed games. Any thoughts mm-hmm. on Tolbert, James Washington, um potentially having some value? Cause like you said, at the top, we do want to invest in this offense and Dak yeah. Prescott is going to, like if, if we know anything about Dak Prescott, he's going to get his yards. Like he's, we've seen it with Cedric Wilson. I think Noah Brown had a game, you know, like we've seen, he's going to get his yards. So I feel like right. there could be some value maybe early on in the year. And maybe that's kind of, I mean, you don't want to go too hard with, like, if you're already <laughs> drafting Gallup, but, like, it's like handcuff him. But, like, I, I'm, is, is there any value, do you think, with, with the rookie Tolbert or, or Washington?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we, we talked about this being, like, the camp battle we're going to be watching because this this could be, you know, the wide receiver two to begin the season in the mm-hmm. Cowboys offense. Um, I wouldn't write off James Washington quite yet. Um, He's a second-round talent. Um, He's only 26 years old. He was, you know, he was blocked by the Steelers – wide receiver depth chart. I mean, they're loaded there. Uh, and that could happen here. But, I mean, he could be a sneaky, you know, deep threat in this offense. But, unfortunately, they drafted Jalen Tolbert, who's kind of similar. So, I think, you know, both of these guys we have to be monitoring closely um, in camp, preseason, because I think that, you know, one of these guys will probably hit. And they're going late enough where this is this is where you want to take some swings. Um, so, Tolbert, you know, his ADP is in the wide receiver 80 range. I think you should absolutely – target him in spots and Washington's even cheaper um, in the wide receiver 95 range. So certainly, um, you know, in best ball leagues like that, uh, I'm taking some swings on these guys, but right now it, it's, you know, it's too close to call which one, um, you know, will be, you know, playing the most, uh, but they both have, um, you know, a pretty big ceiling. Yeah. I got my eyes on Tobert. I think he's intriguing
1: mm-hmm. as a guy, you know, cause we kind of Washington is a somewhat of a known quantity. And I, I think, yeah. I think with Tolbert, it's like, you know, they drafted him in the third round, but unlike most third round wide receivers, he doesn't really have, like James Washington of, you know, it's not a hard guy to beat out. So Tolbert could be the starter for the entire year. If, if he can kind of get that job, which I I would be a lot more intrigued than him. I'm Washington. I think, um, I think he would be solid if he's in that role, but I I, Mm -hmm. would always kind of be worried about him then losing it to Tolbert. Right. I would prefer if Tolbert started off so that's when that's when I would I would kind of recommend everybody monitor um as as camp kind of picks up because some of his college numbers like you know you look at like what percentage of his team's offense he contributed to and he's like in the 90 96 percentile and he had a 33% target share so uh, I like some of his his numbers in, in terms of what he what he did in college too
2: we didn't mention it yet, but um, you know some routes are opening up because they also lost um, Cedric Wilson. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know that was he was their number three receiver last year. That would step up uh, when Gallup was out. So the fact that he's gone definitely opens things up. I think Noah Brown will probably be a nuisance. <laughs> you know last last year he was commanding twenty five percent routes run even when everybody was healthy. So he might be a nuisance that would eat into these guys a little bit. But if either one of these guys is running over 80% routes run, you know, the first couple of weeks, like sign me up for that.
1: Yeah. And, and like the reason why we're, we're spending time on this too, I should point out is that, you know, there's no Blake Jarwin this year. So this isn't like yeah. the, the depth chart behind Dalton Schultz is Sean McKeon, uh, Jake Ferguson, the rookie Jeremy Sprinkle, Ian Bunting. Like this is not going <laughs> to be like a, a heavy personnel team. It doesn't look like, I know they, they got a couple of fullbacks, so maybe they'll, they'll do some of that, but you, we should see a good amount of four, four wide sets. Yeah. Uh, speaking of four wide sets, do you think Pollard gets some slot action? Uh, yeah,
2: oh, yeah. I would love to see that. It looks like they're doing that. Um, yeah. And, you know, they won't have Gallup early in the season. They lost Cooper. They even lost Cedric Wilson. So I would love to see them get creative uh, with Pollard. And Pollard is already the type of running back I love to target in that range. You know, guys like Cream Hunt, A.J. Dillon, they're probably going to beat their ADP. Um, even if the starting running back is healthy all season long, but they all have top five, top 10 upside, which Tony Pollard absolutely does. If Zeke were to ever miss time, I mean, you would rank him inside your top 10. Absolutely. But would you, would he be like a top five back? I think he might be in my model. Uh, yeah. Certain, Close. especially certain weeks. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it, it just, it would depend on the week, obviously,
1: and who's healthy and who's not, but yeah, he would be, you know, a a 20-touch guy on a team with a pretty good O-line. Uh, obviously, good quarterback, you know, good offense. So, yeah, uh, like Pollard at, at RB33 yeah. in ADP, have no, have no issue with taking him there. Um, let's jump back to Dalton Schultz before we talk Zeke. Uh, Schultz is a tight end seven, which I guess kind of speaks to his emergence last year. Uh, but it kind of feels weird seeing Dalton Schultz up at tight end seven. Uh, like, you know, in the preseason, I, I know we had a rank there a bunch during the season. But uh, right. Uh, is is he worth the tight oh, end seven spot or you staying away?
2: Uh, well, you know, I loved it. Um, I want to say it was like May. Um, He was going like tight end 10 or 11. That was fun getting him there. But now that he's up to seven, it's it's tough because like you said, like the guys in that range, you know, Hawkinson, Goddard. Um, even Ertz, I mean, those are very talented tight ends. Not, not to knock Schultz at all, but he kind of benefits from the system a bit. Uh, he benefited from you know scoring touchdowns last year. So if he has some touchdown regression, um, defenses start scheming to slow him down. I'm afraid he doesn't have the talent to really overcome that. Um, so right now, he's my tight end seven. Um, and I'd be okay drafting him there. That's, that's where I have about four or five tight ends ranked exactly the same. Uh, but I, I like the upside you would get from like a Hawkinson or Goddard just based on their talent. Um, so it's it, Schultz is a tougher sell for me at tight end seven. Not not gonna lie. How, how about you? He's tight end five in my model. Yeah, I mean I, I'm <laughs> not gonna crazy.
1: fight you on that. No, I know, I know. Like, I'm not, I agree with everything. <laughs> like it's like I, I agree with what you said. I'm, like the numbers, it's hard to. It's because you know, like I said, Dak's going to get his yards. He's going to get his touchdowns. Right. And then, you know, obviously projecting top down and Dalton Schultz ran around on 78% of dropbacks per game last year. And I, which could even go up. Cause you know, once Jarwin was kind of, you know, in, in games without Jarwin, it was even a little higher. So I have him at 70, 78% again, same as last year. And he's, he's popping in a model. So um, I, you know, it's, <laughs> Not really my my strategy to kind of right. dabble in those mid-tier tight ends. I really like the studs, but I'm, if, if Dalton Schultz falls to me, uh, I, I have no problem taking him just because yeah. my, my numbers kind of back it up. And uh, it's all about routes with tight ends. I know he, he obviously doesn't have the talent as like a, some of the other guys, but um, he has a lower, more talent than I think anyone thought he did. That's for sure.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you already mentioned it, but Blake Jarwin's gone. That's huge because yeah. – uh, once Jarwin missed, I think it was the entire second half of the season. Uh, we saw Schultz, his routes run, jump up to 85% and he was the tight end four over that stretch. So, I mean, tight end five ranking that you have for him is perfectly reasonable. It's one of those things where if he finishes as a top three tight end, I would not be shocked at all. And if, if he finishes outside of the top 10, I wouldn't be shocked either. Like he probably has the widest range of outcomes of any of the tight ends in this range. Um, so that's why, like I said, it was fun getting him at like tight end ten. Like I yeah. think that's closer to his four, but man, you're really having to spend up now. Uh, I think the market, the market is very sharp right now by having him that high, but it's it's just not as fun having to take him tight end seven now. Yeah. Sharp at tight end and 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 horrible it, at running at the, back,
1: right? Horrible. And just these in, and these injury discounts, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just all the. But uh, speaking of injury, well, not even I shouldn't say injury. It's more like injured ego, but (laughs) Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, he just had, he just wasn't himself. uh, I I felt like last year, uh, you know, there were reports that he was playing with through some injuries, obviously
2: that's got to hurt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that obviously could contribute. So I guess, you know, RB 18, I mean, there was most every, almost every other year of Zeke's career. I mean, you'd be salivating to get him at RB 18. And now I feel like, He's just not really being talked about. He's just kind of there, like he's not really being talked about. I I don't know. I mean, I I don't mind him there actually. Like, I feel like I feel like the injury contributed a lot. I feel like the O line is still going to be good. The offense is going to be good. Pollard, yes, he's going to get uh, you know, he's going to spell Zeke quite a bit. But Pollard could do other things. You know, he can play out of the slot. They they sometimes use them at the same time. So I, I I like buying kind of buying the dip on Zeke. I mean, I think this is a much more reasonable price to do it than like you know, Saquon last year where you were already paying like first round, almost first round prices for him.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, I, am probably going to have a ton of Tony Pollard shares. So I wouldn't mind if Tony Pollard like leapfrogged him to <laughs> the starter, but I, I'm realistic. That's probably not going to happen. They're paying Zeke way too much money. So I agree, especially this range, like in years past, this is the frozen pond zone, you know, wasn't like Mike Davis and Miles Gaskin yeah. going in this range last year where it's like, a yeah. Yeah, but but it's, like, similar, and we have Zeke and James Conner. Like, I love this range, just the fact that we can get Zeke on the cheap. Um, You know, he played through that PCL injury last year, so I'm willing to forgive him for that. Um, The days of him being a top-five option are probably over at this point, but certainly, like, he's going to outperform ADP if he just plays, you know, every game. So uh, I kind of like the idea of, yeah, getting Zeke as a low-end RB2, are you kidding me? Uh, But like I said, I'm going to have so many shares of Tony Pollard. uh, I wouldn't mind if Pollard eventually passes him up. (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, it it looked like it was kind of happening last
2: year. But, you know,
1: obviously, like I said, I think the injury had more to do with that. And he's like they like they love Zeke and Dallas. So it's like they're going to feed this man the rock if he's if he's good to go. So, um, yeah, I'm buying a dip on on Zeke. Uh, Let's uh, let's talk sleepers and busts for
2: the Cowboys. We got. Oh, my sleeper's got to be Tony Pollard. Uh, his ADP is a joke because, um, like I said, even if Zeke stays healthy all season long, I think he's going to easily beat this ADP. Um, and then he has top five upside if and when Zeke would ever miss time. So Tony Pollard is absolutely my favorite sleeper on this team.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would, I'm going to go with, uh, with Tolbert just because, I mean, yeah, I like Pollard nice. too, but I just feel like, you know, Tolbert's pretty much free um, in a lot of leagues. And he could end up being the number, you know, two or three wide receiver uh, on this team for the duration of the season. So um, I
2: think there's some value there. Uh, What about bust? (laughs) No one really. I mean, this is, this is like the perfect fantasy football offense. Um, Maybe Dak, just because you can get Jalen hurts or Tony uh, Tom Brady right behind him. Um, But you know, like Dak's the reason why we want to invest in this team. Um, So I just, I think based on ADP, maybe Dak, just because of the opportunity cost. I'll go I'll go Gallup just
1: because I can't get mm. to that ADP unless I project them for, you know, close to 15, about 15 games, which yeah. I just, I don't think that's realistic. So um, yeah, it's Gallup for me. Let's jump to the Eagles. This is a team I've been excited to talk about. I think it's, you know, they, they did a lot of good things last year, but it's still, I guess the question now, and, you know, obviously had a good offseason getting A.J. Brown. So the question now is, You know, how much do they open this offense up, do you think, in year two two of this regime, now with another um, top-tier receiver to go along with Devontae Smith?
2: Yeah, hopefully they open it up a lot. Um, But either way, Jalen Hurts, uh, (laughs) it it would not surprise me if he's the QB1 overall this year. I think uh, anyone not named Josh Allen, I think Jalen Hurts has the best odds to be the overall QB1. Um, just, you know, just looking at last year when he didn't have AJ Brown, um, he finishes a top 12 quarterback, 73% of the time, which is the highest rate, uh, at the position. So adding a guy like AJ Brown is just a massive boost to him when he was already really good in terms of fantasy, I should say, uh, he has one of the best offensive lines. Uh, so, you know, the sky's the limit with hurt. So that's why I was saying when I was talking about Dak, you know, when you're taking Dak Jalen Hurts is still on the board, and that's that's an issue with me. I think where Hurts is going, uh, he also allows you to draft, you know, a couple running backs, wide receiver, maybe a tight end. He just allows you to really build around, you know, potentially the top quarterback in fans football. So uh, Jalen Hurts is part of my overall draft strategy this year for sure. Yeah, I love me some
1: Jalen Hurts, and I like that call too. Potential number one overall because that's what you're kind of looking for, like every year. So like a couple of these quarterbacks go off and then they, they get taken in like the third, second, third, (laughs) fourth round. And then some other quarterbacks, you know, go off the next year, whether it's because of injury, just a a bounce back, you know, emerging, whatever it might be. So I think Hertz is now like you, you don't want to, I mean, there's nothing wrong with taking Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong, but what you're trying to do is find, you know, another guy that's going to kind of be able to give you that same production at a cheaper cost. And I think Hertz, like you said, is a, is a prime candidate. So Love it. Uh, I do think, they'll, you know, they only threw the, like, had a drop back on, I think it was, like, 55% uh, of their plays last year. So, yeah, I do I do think that's going to inch, you know, a little closer to 60 this year.
2: So, which, which you know,
1: would then. I mean, we also, we all, you know, we don't mind
2: Jalen Hurts, you know, design run plays, which is part of those non-drop backs, you know. Like, either way, Hurts is going to be, you know, the, the main cog in this offense. Like, he's with his arm and his legs. So, yeah, th- I mean, this has the potential of being sort of a 2019 Lamar Jackson if if they do unleash him in the passing game. Yeah, and he's got better receivers in 2019 yeah.
1: Lamar Jackson. Uh, A.J. Brown, he is going as the number 11 wide receiver. I actually have a wide receiver 12. I thought I was going to be a little lower on him, but he's still popping as my wide receiver 12. So I know you were kind of a little bit concerned just because of, you know, him him and Devontae and kind of
2: canceling each other out a bit but uh where are mm-hmm. you in that yeah i mean obviously he's a top 10 maybe top five talent uh and he's going from you know run heavy offense from the titans to an even more run heavy offense uh but like we said maybe they open it up a bit that that's where aj brown would hit at adp if, if they do throw a bit more uh but he's probably just a bit too expensive um at wide receiver 10 looks like his adp is uh, so I think the best way to invest in him is through Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Like by drafting Jalen Hurts, you're getting A.J. Brown as well. And Devontae Smith and you know Dallas Goddard. So I just think that the way to invest in Brown is through Hurts. I think you're you're spending up quite a bit to get Brown when it's a situation that's sort of unknown. Uh, but, you know, he's one of those guys where not shock me if he finishes top five, but he's going to have to do it um, on even fewer targets, I think, this year.
1: Yeah, I, I was like when it first happened, I was a little bit lower. But after like I'm looking at the numbers more and more, like one of the things, you know, I know we like to look at that's very predictive is targets per route run. Yeah. And AJ Brown was near the top of the league at twenty nine percent. And that's I, I I've I bumped it down to twenty five percent, you know, mm-hmm. obviously some regression. And he's still my wide receiver twelve. So um you know he I think he's gonna be able to kind of you know that's just something you want to see like when when he's on a field he's getting the ball he's and so uh and they didn't they didn't you know go out and get him for no reason so (laughs) I I think I think he's a he'll be fine like I think even if he doesn't hit like you know wide receiver 10 I I think his floor is still pretty high like I don't think he's gonna finish outside the top like 20 or something like that like I think he'll be I think he'll be in there one way or another. So I, I don't I don't mind him. I have him again, I have him wide receiver 12. So if he's if he's on the board when I'm picking, you know, what is it, second round, third round? Um, I'm I'm taking yeah, it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Stack him with Hertz. And I, I think like earlier in the offseason, like after the trade happened, he was somewhere like wide receiver six or seven.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's
2: when I was kind of off him. But now that he's creeping towards wide receiver twelve, I think that that is the range where I'm okay drafting him.
1: Devontae Smith actually that's like, it's tough for me with him because he's the guy that I think gets knocked the, At least in my model, he gets mm. knocked the most with this, you know, we talked about it with Tyreek too. When a, when a when a receiver comes and his lands at the top of the totem pole in terms of like the targets per route, that's going to hurt the guys under him. And, and, you know, Smith in year one was targeted on 19.5% of his route. So if you'd like that a little higher for a number one, uh, receiver, obviously, he's a number two now. So, I, so I did bump him up, you know, that kind of year two leap um for, to twenty one percent. But he's still, he's still in that in the forties for me at wide receiver. And he's going as wide receiver thirty four. So, I don't know where are you on on davante
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm right in line with ADP, and I think he, he's probably going to be a little bit more inconsistent. uh Like you said, AJ Brown's going to eat into his target share considerably, but. You know, he has big play upside. It's, you know, he's going to be going up against number two corners now um, and defenses have to, you know, try to slow down A.J. Brown. So he could get loose for some, you know, long touchdowns. So I think Devontae Smith would probably be a guy in best ball. Uh, I would probably target. Um, Like I said, like he might be a little bit more inconsistent, but he's going to have some spiked weeks. So I, I still like him. He's entering year two. You mentioned it. I think it was our last pod, how year two is mm-hmm. sort of the year we're seeing these talented wide receivers breakout. So I loved what I saw his rookie season. So if he, if he gets even better this season, um, again, this is one of the reasons why I like Jalen hurts really, because yeah. it doesn't matter if you take hurts, like, you know, two of these guys can go off any given week. It doesn't matter. You're going to get all the production with hurts. Um, but like I said, I think Devonte Smith is more of a best ball target for me.
1: What about Goddard? You know, we just talked about Don not that tight end seven Goddard is the tight end eight. So he's one spot lower,
2: uh, where are you on him? Oh, I love it. This is the first season uh, we're heading into where there's no Zach Ertz. Um, and we, we saw that uh, last year. He was uh, the tight end five from week seven on after Ertz uh, got traded to the Cardinals. So I, I've always considered him to be a top five uh, you know, potential tight end without Zach Ertz there. However, I do think um, you, you mentioned you know Devontae Smith takes the biggest hit. I think Goddard definitely takes a hit. Um, in terms of, you know, target share. So he's down to tight end eight for me, which is in line with ADP. And when you're talking about like lower tight end one range, uh, you can live with some inconsistency. So I still love Goddard uh, tight end eight.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, he, it's interesting. Cause he actually on a per route basis, he was targeted more than Smith last year. He was 20.3% uh, to 19.5% yeah. for Smith. So yeah,
2: that, I think that's
1: why my model a little
2: lower on Smith compared to
1: Goddard. But I, mean, I, have, I have Goddard at tight end eight,
2: too. Um, so. And how many routes run do you, I mean, he has zero competition. The tight end depth chart is kind of a joke there now. I have him up to 84. He averaged 78% yeah. last year. So I,
1: I bumped. I think I used the uh, after Ertz left, I used that um, that for the sample size. So yeah, I have him.
2: What about yeah. you? Oh,
1: 85%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're right in line. Uh, okay, let's talk Miles Sanders. He he wants more opportunities, squeaky wheel, RB 28. I mean, is that, that's kind of frozen pond esque? <laughs> uh, any, any love for Sanders this year?
2: Yeah, that, that's a good thing with the running back position We're we're, you know, the frozen pond tiers in the range where it's okay. They're not going to kill you um, if they bust. So I'm okay. Drafting him at uh, RB 28. I just don't think he has as much upside as people think. They're they're going to have a committee no matter what. You know, they're going to mix in Gainwell, um, even Boston Scott. Um, and then Jalen Hurts is hogging a ton of, uh, you know, carries as well. So, oh, man, yeah, Sanders, uh, love love the talent, love the upside. But just the fact that um, you you can't bank on receiving usage, and he had zero touchdowns last year, obviously that's going to go up. But he's, you know, he's a five to six touchdown kind of guy. So um, if if you're taking some big swings at running back or something like that, I think Sanders offers a high floor, uh, but it, it's hard to, you know, get too excited uh, about him at RB 28. How about you?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's right in line. Um, yeah. It's not, not a guy I would prefer taking just because like you said, there, there, there's a lot of question marks um, with the touchdown scoring and, you know, will he get, he, he got 10 carries inside the 10. So I think he is due for some regression, yeah. but you know, the snap wise, he just wasn't really consistently getting a ton of snaps. He he only topped 70% twice all year in snaps. So yeah. Jordan Howard is not on the roster as of now. You know, maybe they bring him back. Maybe they bring somebody else. Right, But they might run less. Gainwell, I think, could take some passing down snaps. So it's not really a sexy pick. You're really going to be relying on Sanders to, you know, have some of his patented, you know, big, big runs and, and actually find the end zone. <laughs> if not. That's asking a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of like, what ifs or like you know things that need to happen, but I mean I, I do like you said Jalen Hurts and this offense I do want to invest in this offense mm-hmm. so I think best ball stacks is probably where I'll be attacking it, but I'm not feeling great about Sanders, especially if he has to be my RB two in like a season long. Oh
2: yeah, that uh, was...
1: he, and even if he, yeah, and if he's your flex, he's still gonna probably not be quite consistent enough to feel even great about that. So uh, yeah, and yeah he's... he's kind of a no man's land.
2: Well, he's in the um the range where I like to get one or all three of these guys, uh, you know, AJ Dillon, cream hunt, Tony Pollard, he's going in that range where maybe week one, he's ranked higher than all mm-hmm. three of them, but he just doesn't carry, you know, top five, top 10 sort of upside. So that's why I like to have one of those guys or two of those guys, um, to start filling my bench or even like my RB three flex.
1: Yeah. What about, uh, any, any love for Gainwell? Well, you're entering year two. You think he's at RB 50. So he is being drafted. Um, quite a few people uh, at the end of their bench Uh, and you think he's gonna you know get enough of a workload at any point to to be relevant or he's just gonna Um, kind of keep doing what
2: he's doing uh just keep doing what he's doing which isn't too much i mean he's he's gonna be their main pass catching back but you know when you have a quarterback like hurts that prefers to just you know pull it down and run that that's not a really good role to have in this backfield that's already pretty murky um and you know it seemed like the coaching staff kind of soured on last year they didn't trust him handle uh bigger workloads when you know sanders or even scott went down they had him splitting time with uh jason huntley uh that one week so i i just he doesn't really possess the the upside i like in in backups in this range he might be uh you know a cheaper version of like a jd mckissick but i i just don't really see the the upside in him uh even even though he is pretty cheap at rb50
1: yeah it's weird i don't know why exactly they lost confidence in me because i'm looking he didn't. He was solid in pass protection. He didn't play yeah, no, sacks or anything. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of odd. We thought he might, you know, be more involved as the season progressed, yeah. and it kind of it was just kind of hit or miss. Um, so maybe Boston Scott is actually, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, the guy. The guy. Every that year, every year we arrive on that. Maybe Boston Scott's the yeah, the the you know the best value of the three. All right, we got four sleeper. Well, it's got to be Jalen Hurts, even though, you know, his ADP is sort of in line with me. That's sort of the quarterback position is uh, on point, I think, in terms of ranking. But just where he goes in the draft and the upside he has, um, it's got to be Jalen Hurts. And, you know, I do love, you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Uh, they're kind of tough sells at ADP. But like I said, you kind of get all three uh, when you draft Jalen Hurts. So Hur- Hurts is my sleeper for sure. Yeah, uh, same same here. What about Bust? <laughs> Um, oh man, I, maybe AJ Brown just because he's a little rich, but now that his ADP is dropping to the you know the wide receiver 10, 12 range, I do like him a bit more. But I love everybody in this offense. Uh, I, I guess uh, ADP. So the, the one that's you know probably the toughest sell for me is AJ Brown, even though you know I think he's a top five talent. Yeah, I'll go with. I'll actually go with Gainwell. I don't.
1: I I don't like this. <laughs> you know this three yeah. three way committee. Um, where Gainwell might be the third, and he's going RB50, which is, you know, RB5 is still you're gonna have to, you're probably gonna have to use your RB5 at some point, just given the injuries and whatnot. So I, I just like somebody with a little bit more upside uh in that range. So I, yeah, I don't think Gain that's, Gainwell hits that
2: ADP. Yeah, that's a good call. I would agree with that. I mean, he's not gonna kill you if you bust there, uh, but you're you're passing up on guys with more upside in that range for sure. I was go to the Washington
1: Commanders, Carson Wentz, uh is now the quarterback there we got uh, terry mclaurin just read up on the deal i mean nobody's really drafted wentz he's going as qb 25 uh but terry mclaurin wide receiver 17 uh i, I like me some terry I, I think he's a talented guy i mean we you know the, the only question is do you think you know washington did draft uh brian robinson jr do you think they go like super run heavy with wentz as the quarterback i mean it sounds crazy because they didn't have a quarterback before but i feel like that that's kind of the offense that's kind of what they did in Indianapolis last year to kind of hide him do you think they are gonna have to do yeah. that
2: here as well yeah I, I could see that for sure and that that would make a ton of sense that they would target a, a back like Robinson in the third round when they already have Antonio Gibson so yeah I think that they'll, they'll kind of learn from Indy last year and just kind of run it as much as possible because you don't want Wentz um you know to you know have a horrendous turnover or something like that but I think Wentz, you know, he gets, he got shit on a little bit too much. He is certainly an upgrade from what Washington has had at quarterback the past several seasons. Um, so while I'm not targeting Wentz necessarily, I think he does help boost um, everyone in this offense just a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't trust I don't trust the guy. <laughs> I know. You I, hate I, don't, to... I, don't,
1: I just don't <laughs> trust him, man. I mean, he hasn't right. done anything to prove, like even last year when he, he had like the fakest good, good looking statistical season ever, like, he didn't throw well, that many picks, but he threw them at
2: the, the physics don't lie, man.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, no, but I mean he all his picks came up like the most inopportune right. times. Like right. they were like one-handed passes to like the defensive lineman in his own end zone. And and then all those good stats couldn't buy him a win to get into the playoffs against the worst team in the week. So it's like, I this dude, I just I I think things and like Washington's not an easy place to play. So if right. things go bad no early. Kidding. Yeah, it's 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 not going to be good for this man. Like I I obviously wish him well, but he's got to show me something. So yeah, I'm I'm down on him, which means I'm kind of down on the offense. Um, I like Terry Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I was going to ask,
0: do you
2: think he's like gonna get a boost for once at all, just based on who he's had throwing to him the past several, you know, first few years in his career? I don't really. No. Um, I,
1: I just don't think Wentz is that much better than these Taylor Heineke's and Alex Smiths of the world. Like I just well I don't. Like I mean, he, he's, he's a tiny bit better and maybe he thought I'll give him this. He probably he'll probably throw it a, a little bit more accurate of a deep ball, but I mean yes. that wasn't exactly Terry McClorn's problem. To, you know, like Terry McCloran was already making crazy adjustment yeah, well, catches. So it <laughs> might just was... make his life easier without necessarily <laughs> boosting his
2: stats. Well, everything was Terry McLaurin's problem, but it wasn't his fault. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's what I meant. Last year, um, yeah, I agree. Carson Wentz is—he's pretty accurate uh, downfield uh, on uh, pass attempts down, you know, twenty-plus yard mm-hmm. downfield. Last year, he was third in QB rating and fourth in catchable uh, targets at seventy-six percent. Um, and Terry McLaurin is a downfield threat. Uh, only fourteen of his twenty-nine targets were catchable last year—forty-eight percent. So if he can come anywhere close to that 75% rate that, you know, Wentz had last year, that's going to be massive for McCorn's upside. So that we all know is there. Um, So I, I do think this is a slight boost to Terry McCorn. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is good, but he is an upgrade from, you know, who has been throwing the ball to McCorn. Uh, Do you like the rookie John Dotson at all? He's going wide receiver 71. Uh, He's got to be the cheapest of all the first round wide receivers. Right. Um, Yeah. For good reason. I mean, they're, they're, it's going to be tough to project too many targets because Curtis Samuel is coming back. Uh, he commanded a pretty who? high target. Curtis Samuel, ever heard of who? him? Uh, no, who the hell is he? Saw it 21. He 21.6% targets per route run right last year. I mean, he was barely playing. He, um, yeah, like, this guy,
1: <laughs> Curtis Samuel doesn't exist at this point. Like, his, he's just, he's just a figment of our imaginations.
2: Right. Well, yeah, I agree. But that, that's why I do like Dotson, um, just because you can get him cheap. Uh, And, you know, the commanders like him. They took him 16th overall, which I thought was a bit too high. He was certainly, you know, probably going to go at the end of the first round or early second. Um, I I think he has like a Tyler Lockett kind of upside to him. So I like him. But this is where I would say it sucks having Carson Wentz as your quarterback. I I don't think he he can really support more than one or two fancy options a week. Um, So Dotson's upside is limited. But just where he's going at wide receiver 73, like I'm absolutely going to have some shares of him.
1: Yeah, I like it. I like it there. I yeah. mean, listen, we say this every year. You, there's certain rookies that you want to invest in, and it's usually first-round and second-round picks. And, you know, obviously, Dotson has probably the least ideal, you could say, landing spot of any of these first-round picks. Yeah. But, he, like, there's still numbers to back up. You know, first-round wide receivers, um, you're going to get usually... 50% of, of those are going to hit and be fantasy starters. So, you know, there's only, what, five or six of them. And one of them, Dotson, is going wide receiver 71. So, yeah, I'm just like you. I'll have, I'll have plenty of shares of him. Samuel, I mean, he's one of these guys where I don't like to, like, change the game's played projections for anyone. But I almost feel like uh, with him, you kind of have to
2: You at did, this point. You did not. I, I didn't. I didn't I, touch it. Oh, okay. It. <laughs> I left him at 16. But I'm saying, yeah. like,
1: I don't, I don't feel like he's going to play 16 games.
2: <laughs> I might have to book that down. He entered the season hurt, right? I, I just think. Yep, yep I'm willing. You don't just, draft those guys. Right, exactly. That's. <laughs> I think that's the point we try to make. We we don't try to predict injury, but if they're injured heading into the season, like you have to dock them for that. So, uh, like last season, I, I kind of wrote him off before it even started. Uh, but he should be 100 percent going in this season. So I think it's I think it's unfair. Let's put it that way. Uh, to really assume that he's injury prone at this point. He just had one season uh, where he was, you know, severely injury prone. But, you know, I, I have faith that he'll be able to play uh, over 15 games this year. Yeah, I mean,
1: he's already missing practices. And I don't know. Oh, he it's, is? It's, oh, I yeah, take it all back then. It's, it's <laughs> I, like, no, but it's like, it's like, it's like, a sh- yeah. it's like mysteriously because they're uh-huh. like, oh, we're being cautious with
2: him. Yeah, like, managing like, his reps. Yeah.
1: I It sounds just doesn't. I, I, I don't think they, they went, they go that hard at Dotson if they have. True. like the least bit of confidence in in Curtis Samuel I think they would love for him to be like their you know their their number three receiver I I think I think Dotson is
2: gonna get on the field a lot um so yeah he's a guy I would target their depth chart got thinned out a little bit right they had um you know Adam Humphries and DeAndre Carter love DeAndre Carter um they're both gone so they I mean they just want another slot guy and Curtis Samuel you can move around the formation I think yeah, Samuel and Dotson's skills sort of overlap a bit, mm-hmm. uh, but it sounds like Dotson will be the main slot guy, and then Samuel, they'll just kind of move around, I think. Um, so I think, you know, one of those guys every week will probably, you know, put up a decent score. I, I just don't know which one. Uh, but just considering they're both going in the same spot, um, you would say, like, Dotson certainly has the highest ceiling, right?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I'm I'm off. I, I mean, Samuel's going six spots after Dotson. I just... I just don't see it for him. I I don't think. I don't think they. I think we're at a point. Like, if we're already managing his reps in in June and July, I just think we're at a point where they they feel like they have to play Samuel, like on a snap count, like period. Like, I I mean, I could be wrong about that, but he also struggled at times, even you know, on the field. He's been an inconsistent pro, so I, I think this is just a great opportunity for Dotson to like establish himself as the number two yeah in this offense you know logan thomas coming off the injury he's going at tight end 20 um you know, I, i'm i'm I, any, you, you don't think he's gonna get back to like his pre-injury heights right i think they like the uh you know some of the depth they got there with um, john bates with you john bates i think yeah. he's back like factor in a little more than than that
2: year when thomas was what was it 2020 when he was running a route on like 90 yeah no we i mean this offense sort of whoever's the starting tight end will run over 90 percent routes run right we've figured that out by now so um, yeah, I'm not in on Logan Thomas. We have to remember he was a late bloomer, so he's already 31. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming off of ACL, MCL and meniscus tears. So that's yeah. that's brutal. He might not be ready for week one. I'm seeing, you know, he might begin the season on the IR. Mm-hmm. So I'm off him at, you know, tight end 20 when you have guys like Irv Smith, Tyler Higbee, Gerald Everett, even Hayden Hurst uh, going in that range. Um, so yeah, John Bates would be interesting early in the season. I guess like the Scott fishbowl where you draft like a dozen tight ends. Um, John Bates could be the starting tight end week one. And like I said, last year they had, you know, Ricky seals, Jones running a ton of routes, John Bates, whoever was starting. So I think that Bates early in the season could be like a low end tight end too. Yeah, definitely. And they, uh they
1: did, they did convert Antonio Gandy golden to uh oh, to tight end. So now he's uh, maybe oh. he's in the mix. Yeah. All these big <laughs> receivers. That's, that's the new thing. Devin Funches, <laughs> Nikhil Harry's next, watch. Ortega Whiteside. Yeah, Ortega Whiteside. Oh, Nikhil Harry would be awesome, yeah. I can see <laughs> that. <laughs> um, let's talk about Antonio Gibson. Because this Robinson Jr. draft pick, combined with the fact that you already have a McKissick, so you're already kind of get there's going to be snaps allocated to McKissick just in the natural yeah. game plan. And then, now you get this Robinson kid, who they – was it, was it a day two pick? Um, on him. Round three. Yeah. Yeah. Day two pick. Yep. And, uh, you know, running back 16 for Gibson, I think, I think there's a little bit of danger he doesn't hit that. Cause I think they do want to manage his reps a little as he, if you look at the numbers as his workload w- went up, um, you know, the, the efficiency kind of went down last year and and that you could see that in his yards per carry, his yards after contact. Um, so, so I think, I think he actually is going to, not see the same workload. I think they're going to yeah. kind of bring it down a little bit. But uh, what about you? What do you think?
2: Oh, yeah, I think the same thing. And it's frustrating because I love Gibson. Um, just having JD McKissick around is frustrating because Gibson, uh, he was a former wide receiver. So he would obviously be a great pass catching back, but they kind of limit him there because of McKissick. And then drafting Brian Robinson, um, you know, he could be their goal line back. So we're talking about a guy that's now sandwiched between. Um, two valuable roles. So, you know, it, it's really hard to draft Gibson at RB15. I I do think he has top 10 sort of upside. Like he could handle it. And you mentioned last year when his workload went up, his efficiency went down. He was playing through some really nasty yeah, injuries. That is true. So he was he proved that he could be a workhorse back because he was still running 20, 25 uh times a game. And you know, having once McKissick went down, he was on the field for passing downs. He was playing through injury. Um, so yeah. I think he can be workhorse back, but just the, the sign is clear that they they do want to limit his workload um, by drafting a guy like Brian Robinson. And I'm afraid that, yeah, he might sneak in a couple goal line touchdowns. So, uh, you know, Gibson's sort of a frozen pond guy, right, in the uh, RB15 range. So I'm passing up on him, especially when you have, you know, Zeke and James Conner going behind him where their, their roles are a little bit more defined. Uh, Gibson's a tough sell at ADP. Yeah, I don't know what what's up with the James Connor
1: ADP. Like I, I James Connor is a top 10 running back and he's yeah, not like being drafted as such. So I don't like this is the second time you mentioned it. The first I was gonna let it go, but I'm like, nah, we got, I got no, to, like, I gotta intervene real up. quick because yeah, yeah I man. Be
2: pumped up on some James Connor <laughs> like I just, I just projections. Yeah, there's like
1: nobody behind him. Chase Evans is gone. It's like, yeah, we don't we Gibson, yeah, get, but back to Gibson. I, I totally <laughs> agree. He he does worry me. Um, you know, and you know, 206 touches as a rookie. 5.1 yards per touch, 300 touches in year two, and he d- goes down to 4.4 yards per touch. Like I think, I think they looked at that and said, "Let's kind of split the difference, try to get yeah. him like 250 or so." I think that would be a little bit, um, uh, kind of more in, in his wheelhouse. Uh, Robinson, I think, is an interesting, um, kind of flyer. You know, like to take these rookie running backs, just see what happens. I think, you know, if, if Gibson does go down, I think he, you know, he'd be in that Gibson role, and maybe even more. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you're never going to have that full, full workload with McKissick there. But um, I've been drafting some Robinson, especially in best ball.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's a pretty cheap um, handcuff. Uh, He's not going to be playing on receiving downs much at all uh, if Gibson were to go down. Mm -hmm. But like you said, they they might be a run heavy team to kind of limit Wentz anyway. So there there might be enough there where if Gibson goes down, Robinson would be, you know, an RB3 flex. I don't think, you know, he can really get to RB2 range um, if he's not in on passing downs. Um, but certainly, you know, at RB 66, uh, he's pretty much free at that point. Um, so if if you're drafting Gibson, maybe, you know, have Robinson there for insurance. All right. Who's, who's your sweeper on the commanders? Oh, uh, it's got to be Dotson. I, okay. I just think the fact that he's the cheapest of yep. the first round wide receivers uh, and he's, I guess, one Curtis Samuel injury away uh, from being a potential wide receiver, three or four kind of guy. Um, he's got to be the sleeper, uh, from this team.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think from week one, he could just win that, like, that job of being, (laughs) like, kind of the second most targeted. So, yeah, I I don't even think it matters, Steve. I mean, I think if healthy, I think they'd like to have Samuel starting alongside McLaurin and Dotson. So, Dotson should be in there, like, regardless, unless they're going. And, like, like you said, Thomas is going to be hurt to start the season. So, maybe we don't see a lot of two tight ends. So, yeah, uh, love Dotson at, at that price. Um, And Robinson as well, but I still – I would go Dotson over him in terms of just
2: my favorite sleeper. Uh, Bust. Uh, It's got to be Antonio Gibson. Uh, Just both players sort of cap his upside, uh, which is really frustrating because uh, we saw last year Gibson was the RB10. So he clearly has top 10 potential, but just heading into the season, like he's going to need one or both of these guys to go down to to really hit.
1: And he was actually – RB 18 and half PPR points per game last year, and that was with McKissick missing like five games, right? Six games, yeah. yeah. So oh, six. Yeah. it's he's he's already kind of being drafted above where he was at last year. I know that you know other things are going to factor, yeah. in, But <laughs> this that, just for kind of a point of reference. Yeah, um, yeah. It's Gibson, not my. I love the guy, love the talent, right? But right. Yeah. It was the time to draft him was when we were talking about him when he was like battling Adrian Peterson and all those other guys Uh-oh. at his rookie year. Now it's like. All right, Darius uh, Geis, like uh, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, Jesus, yeah. yeah, wow. We've come. my. I remember saying that too. I was like, watch it be like Gibson and McKissick, and it, and it ended up yeah. being exa- it's the guys you would never <laughs> expect. But uh, yeah. So that's why we're watching out for Robinson this year. Um, all right, let's finish up with the Giants, our favorite team. Yeah, unfortunately, um, <laughs> Daniel Jones. I mean, if he's he's a QB twenty eight, I think if he's starting. I'd probably have him ranked higher than that on a weekly basis. The just the question is does he maintain the starting job uh all year long? Like how many games are you projecting Jones? Are you projecting him for like the full
2: 16? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't he? Um I see like the, the ADP has to be a bug, right? How is he QB28? Cuz I I think that's
1: what it is. I think people are factoring that he may lose the job. Uh, I <sighs> mean, you know, new regime obviously. Well, no yeah. ties to him. Um I, I wouldn't say it's out of the question. I do like I mean, I think I, I like the pieces around him more than I have in his other years. Well, I mean, the O line should be better.
2: He's going to so. lose the job to Tyrod Taylor. Doesn't Tyrod Taylor make every quarterback that plays with him uh instant superstar? That is true. Oh my God. Now he's <laughs> even Davis Mills last year, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah so yeah, I, I forgot think, about
1: that. <laughs> yeah.
2: So no, sign me up for Daniel Jones at QB 28. I'm joking. Obviously, that's not uh, like, say what you want about Daniel Jones. He's not a great quarterback, but he has, you know, massive rushing upside uh, and Brian Dable, uh, you know, like he can't, can't take all the credit for Josh Allen, but it wasn't until he showed up in Allen's year two where he, he blew up. So um, not that Josh Allen or not that Daniel Jones is anywhere near the talent of a Josh Allen, but I think that just a new scheme, a uh, new regime could help, you know, unlock Daniel Jones. I, I think he does have the upside. And he's always, you know, his pass catchers are always missing time. I feel like he's never had all of his pass catchers healthy at any given time. Um, so I'm still, you know, buying in on Daniel Jones, especially at QB 28. Um, probably, you know, like a ball format. Um, I think he certainly has, you know, high end QB two sort of upside.
1: Yeah, he was a QB 18 in points per game last year. That was with the terrible O line, wow. all the receivers missing time. Yeah, <laughs> he had
2: weeks where Dante Pettis, like, uh, like, one of the weeks, yeah, Dante Pettis. Who else was there? Uh, the Board. Strix. Oh my God, yeah, like uh, John Ross. Oh yeah, see, like just if everybody can stay healthy for him, that would be great. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: no, I, I, I love, I love Jones at QB twenty eight. I guess I'm, I'm trying to just figure out the ADP. I, it has to be that because people are, are factoring in um, some, some games for Tyrod, but uh, Kadarius Tony it's 44 and ADP wide receiver, 44 Kenny Galladay's wide receiver, 57 Sterling Shepard coming off the Achilles is wide receiver, 90 and the rookie second round pick. Wandale Robinson is wide receiver 91. Uh, Who's your favorite value out
2: of those four? Ooh. And and, I mean, in terms of value, um, it's tough to say. I think that you can make a case for all of them. I think where Kadarius Tony is going um, I, I do like taking flyers on, you know, guys with massive upside. And we saw that from him last year, uh, in weeks four and five, and then, you know, injuries being in and out of the lineup, um, kind of derailed his rookie season, but I liked what I saw. So I think where he's going, Tony probably, uh, offers the most upside, but you know, uh, a guy like if Sterling Shepard is healthy week one, I mean, he's going to crush his ADP at wide receiver 89. Uh, I think you like Robinson. So if he. If if they end up trading away Tony or something like that and Robinson starts right away or something, then I'd be interested. But it's it's hard to see how he plays uh with Tony there. So I think you know Robinson at his ADP could be appealing, but I think he's gonna need an injury too to really to hit at that price.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm paying close attention to like what's going on with Sterling Shepard because yeah, one of those two now, guys is gonna be a value at wide receiver. What is the latest one? So Shepard. um it it doesn't it looks like he's on pace to to, to start the okay. I haven't I haven't seen anything that says he's gonna miss time or at least nothing guaranteed so it's just more of like you know obviously he's coming back he took the pay cut um but yeah I don't I don't I don't know that he's gonna miss games as of now um at least that's not right like he's, that's not what I'm seeing
2: it's an Achilles tear though so he probably won't return to pre-Achilles levels right like that that's got to be the most devastating injury to come back, especially the very next season. So, when he does return, I think we're going to see a decline a bit um, in him, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you would think the only, I mean, so the guy that kind of turned that on its head was Manny Sanders, I feel like, right? Yeah. Was that, did he, was he, did he take an extra year to kind of get back to where no, he was? No, I think on? he,
2: he, he uh, tore it up the year, like no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> he came back and he looked and he was in his 30s, right? Yeah, uh, we kind of wrote him off. But no, yeah, he definitely bucked that trend for sure. Yeah, so
1: because Shepard is uh, Daniel Jones' favorite target. Like Shepard, right. he's on the field starting. He's going to run a route like 90% of the time and catch like five <laughs> balls every game. So, right. yeah, I'm watching him. But I do like Robinson. Again, I, I just like investing in these, you know, early round picks. Uh, Robinson has some juice. And it was interesting to me that, you know, offensive minded new regime with Dayball, coming over from Buffalo mm-hmm. and one of the worst rosters in the week that they inherited, obviously, and, you know, go out, get the, uh, get a, a edge rusher and, a, and a, a, a tackle with your first two picks obviously needed that. Yeah. But I thought it was really interesting that in, in round two where you're still taking players, you're taking round two, you're expecting them to start that, that they went and attacked the wide receiver position. Um. So that kind of tells you that they might have some plans for Robinson. Now, is that just, like a glorified Isaiah McKenzie role,
2: maybe, yeah, but. Which would not be good. Let's, let's no, be clear. No. that would not be good. That would not be good.
1: But like, there's, they, I just think there's, there's some type of plan for him that maybe, you know, enough for me to take a couple flyers on him in deeper leagues, at wide receiver 91 or, or, or at bat into basketball, because he does have some juice and he's a, he's a big play guy. And none of these other guys has stayed healthy. So, or, or proven that they can stay healthy, whether right. it's Tony Gowdy or Shepard. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Robinson runs into some value, but Daniel Jones, this is the time. I don't think you even need to draft Daniel Jones. Like I'm looking at the Giants' schedule. Here's where you want to play Daniel Jones. Week seven, Jacksonville. Week eight, Seattle. Week nine, bye. But week 10, Houston. Week 11, Detroit. He has Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston, Detroit in a row. If if the only thing screwing that up is a bye, because that's annoying, (laughs) because you probably want to hold on to him. And
2: waste you probably right. have to waste a roster spot.
1: But, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the stretch you want
2: Daniel Jones. Right. So Stream him those weeks. Yes. At the very least. Um, but, yeah, like I, I'm worried that Robinson might have like a Rondell Moore type of rookie season where when he is on the field, he's exciting and everything. But, yeah, it's just hard to see him, you know, finding the playing time. But I do want to get your thoughts on Kenny Galladay, though. What what do you think? Because he was one of the biggest disappointments last season. Right. Hands down. Oh, um, so like the fact that you can get him wide receiver fifty-five right now. Are you like buying in on that, or are you completely off him?
1: I have him wide receiver fifty. So I like I'm not running out to draft him, but I do right. have him a couple <laughs> spots higher than that. I think. Listen, like he's he was a late bloomer. So what is he now? He's he's like late twenties already. I believe. I would he, if I had I a had guess, twenty-eight.
2: That. Yeah, he was a little bit of a late bloomer, but he's, he's twenty entering
1: age twenty-nine year. Twenty-nine. He'll turn twenty-nine
2: year. in like week ten. Yeah. So that's,
1: um, you know, so he kind of peaked at at age 26 with the 11 touchdowns and, and 1,190 yards. And last two years, it just, because the the thing about Gallaudet that worries me is it feels like he was injured last year, but he played 14 of 17 games. He just caught 37 balls in those 14 games. Like what was injured?
2: Like you said, was it his ego? (laughs)
1: <laughs> right, yeah, his quarterback, his ego, his coach, <laughs> his offensive coordinator, um, a lot of issues. I, I do think, I do think he'll he'll probably beat this ADP of wide receiver fifty seven. Right. I'll say that, but like, oh God, is that so unsexy? It's just <laughs> like the the issue with the Giants last year that some people probably know if you, if you're paying attention, but many people might not is. When Jason Garrett was calling the plays, everything was isolation routes and and receivers breaking back to the quarterback. Right. So I, I just think a more creative offense is gonna is gonna benefit Galladay because you know he, he he's only gonna do so much with Kenny Galladay running back to the ball <laughs> time after time. You got to just let this guy go deep sidelines,
2: things like that. He would be the closest thing to a Stephon Diggs role, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was supposed to be the number one receiver. That's what they got him for last year. Now, again, it's a new regime. And the, the even with all of the circumstances, the decline in production is still alarming. Because, again, he did play 14 games. And right. he, sh- he didn't... Re- like, everyone else was hurt, too. So it was like, he should have been dominating the, the, the target share. But I mean, he only got 76 yeah. targets. So I'm, I would say, cautiously optimistic that he can beat the wide receiver 57 ADP, but... Yeah, he's just, you know, if he falls, I, I, I might take him, but yeah, I'm not running out to draft Kenny Galloway.
2: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> and it's only right we close it on, because uh, we don't have to talk about the tight ends. They have Bellinger. They The, have the worst Jones. tight
2: end group in the league, right?
1: Yeah, we don't even know who's going to start. Like, they're saying the rookie, Bellinger, was actually right. <laughs> getting the first team reps, and Seals Jones and, and Jordan Akins were like yep. second. We might 13. see a lot of
2: four wide sets. I mean, like the, the, the OG. Yeah, like the OG Bills. Yeah, that's, right. That's why, like, yeah, why that's do you even play a tight end. I, I agree. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah,
1: it's only right we close this, uh, this pod by talking about Saquon. Saquon Barkley is going as the RB thirteen this year. Uh, he's not entering the year hurt, mm-hmm. so yeah. that's good. Uh, but <laughs> what? what do you, I guess uh, you know, is that where do you have Saquon?
0: <laughs> you well,
2: I, I like. I have him right in line with ADP. And last year we were correct in fading him. Uh, I don't think I had a single share of Saquon Barkley because he was dealing with that injury heading into the season and he was still being drafted. Like it wasn't an issue. Um, and then he did, he suffered that fluky ankle injury in week five. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we could fault him for that. Uh, but last year was kind of just a lost season for him. But for all we know, he's a hundred percent healthy heading into the season. And I think he's one of those backs um, in this range where he still has top five upside. I, I still think he has that sort of potential, um, especially if this offense is way better um, under Dable. Like I do like uh, targeting Barkley as a high end RB2 this year. So um, I'm right in line with ADP, but there, there are some times, where I Sort of push the issue and try to get, uh, you know, some Barkley shares this year, as opposed to last year where I had like zero. Yeah.
1: I, I think, I think this is the year you, you can hop back on. I mean, I think the O-line, yeah. the O-line being better because that yep. was my other issue that I feel like was going under discussed even with the injury situation. was like people forgot that this dude was having games where he would run 13 times for four yards. Like, I think the O-line is going to be good enough. I know there's still some
2: questions,
1: but, yeah, maybe, but there's a lot more depth.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the only returning starter um, is Andrew Thomas, so it might take a couple games for them to gel. Uh, but ran like, you know, Mark Lewinsky, they, you know, mm-hmm. they use their first round pick on Evan Neal. Like this is an offensive line that's trending up and, you know, he's been playing behind garbage offensive line. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a, you know, slightly positive thing for Barkley, but heading into the season, I'm way more bullish on him.
1: Yeah. And I like, I do like, you know, you know, we got an offensive at modern day offensive head coach now. Um, so I think, you know, we, we saw like, when they wanted to feature Singletary in Buffalo last year, that that, that worked yeah. out really well. What is he, the yep. RB2, right, over the last
2: month or so? <laughs> yeah. So the only, the only running back that scored more points was Jonathan Taylor. There you go. So, yeah, <laughs> Saquon, we're back on him. Back Everyone on. was a year early.
1: Yes. He told
2: you not to do <laughs> it.
1: You did it anyway. I hope you guys didn't, but somebody <laughs> did because he was short flying off the board last year. I remember in drafts, he was never – it was never at a point – he never got low enough to a point where I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take him." Like never,
2: never. got There like was, there was, on. there was a week, uh, where we targeted him in DFS. I think they were playing the Falcons, right? There was one week last year. We were all over him.
1: Yeah. And there was another week when he balled out when I think no one was on him cause he was playing the saints run defense. Oh <laughs> I yeah, think he, I think <laughs> he scored like the, wasn't that the, he scored like the game winning touchdown
2: in that. Yeah. One. Yeah. I think I had the under on his rushing yards too, or something like that. Yeah.
1: But, uh, he did have a hundred yard game in week, uh, week's, 17, 17. So that, that's good.
2: The new week, 16. Right. Yeah, yeah. Against, So yeah, The, the, the Bears. fantasy.
1: Uh, I mean, he, he didn't do anything else in that game. <laughs> like, 21 for 102. No touchdowns, no catches, but promising time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, back on Saquon. And he has, he has that snap upside. Like, he actually played 84, 86, 89% uh, of the snaps in weeks two through four last year. So they actually probably used him out of too much too soon.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah. But he has that kind of upside to play like 80, 90% uh, of yeah, snaps and- if, they, if they so choose. Absolutely, and speaking of Bills running backs, um, <laughs> Rita is a clear handcuff, right?
1: Yes, but I would um, go tread lightly because. Ooh, what do you got? I have. Well, I have heard some rumors that they are that they're they could be looking to bring in another veteran back. Uh, now, would he overtake Rita? Maybe, but like you know, it's 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 not like a lot. Like they could bring someone else in. So, gotcha. Um, but if 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 we're in the preseason and it's you know we'll obviously know by then yeah. what's going on. But if he's if no one else is kind of in front of him by that point. Yeah, I, I like Brita as a handcuff, but although he, 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 he struggles
2: to stay healthy, too. But all oh, right. But I mean, at RB 80. Yeah, um, he's definitely one of the cheaper, like guaranteed handcuffs for now. But like you said, anything can change. They can bring in a vet um, like, uh, you know, Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson. Who knows? But yeah, for now, I think Rita is one of the you know, cheapest handcuffs out there.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't like right now no one's really drafting unless you're playing baseball where you don't you're not really handcuffing in baseball. I always I don't think <laughs> it right. should be. So, oh, well, you shouldn't be. Let me say that. I, I just not think you shouldn't be because right. you're you want to maximize the upside of every slot in your
2: in your lineup. So you shouldn't be handcuffing in baseball. Yeah, all get that straight. All joking aside, like I don't think Adrian Peterson or Frank were playing there. Are there any like free agent running backs out there? Because this is the time of year where I do like to kind of take a flyer. On uh, a couple of them, uh, we have the Scott Fishbowl coming up. I, I like to do that. Are there any free agent running backs out there that you think um, we should be targeting at all? Uh, I'm looking at the list right now, and oh, it's, oh it looks bad this year. Never mind. It, yeah, I'm, oh, oh my goodness, bad. David Johnson, Justin Jackson, Latavius Murray. Is that it? Yeah, Justin. Yikes. Yeah,
1: Justin Jackson. I, I feel like is. I don't know what. Like, I feel like he was actually good when he was on the field. It's just injuries with him. So, I mean, but it's like. If he's not signed now, it's hard to inspire any confidence. Then yeah. Murray's old. Who would you say, David Johnson? He he's been watching. Yeah, like,
2: oh, I guess the uh, Jordan Howard. If if he ends up back in Philly, he did look pretty good last year. So, yeah, but he's the only guy I would even consider. Even and even him, it's like yeah, he no. almost
1: has to go to Philly. Like what other team
2: or what? Maybe <laughs> right. like, Baltimore. Baltimore, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Um, because yeah, we're kind of off. We're off J.K. Dobbins. That's our. That's I guess that's our Saquon this year,
2: right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think he would be the, the Saquon. Uh, already, you know, iffy for Week One. Yep. Uh he's he's the the new Saquon, uh, and not and not in a good way. Um, not in a good way. Yeah.
1: On that note, uh, sleeper. Before we get out of here, sleeper to be the Giants.
2: Got to be Daniel Jones at QB twenty eight. Yep, love it. Uh, and a be. bust? Uh, no one really, because everyone's going late enough. They won't ruin your team, uh, even if they do bust. So, um, if you're drafting any tight end from the Giants, there you go. That's your bust. Yeah, yeah, don't don't do that.
1: All right. That's gonna wrap it up for us here on the Fantasy Flex. Uh if you wanna find Sean on Twitter, you can do that at, at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the free award winning action network app. We'll be back next week. Until then, get this money.